Good, every, uh, good morning, everyone. As we gather to worship, we uh, welcome you along as we join over the internet for our online ministry. And indeed, we extend a warm welcome to those who during the week will uh, join with us through our CD ministry. And we pray that uh, wherever you're from, whether you're part of our regular congregation or whether you're joining us uh, from a different part of Northern Ireland, United Kingdom or the world, uh, we trust that you'll be blessed as we worship the one uh, true God. I have some announcements uh, to bring to you uh, this evening. At half, from half past five, we have our online youth worship with Mark Annett. So we encourage our teens and twenties uh, to uh, click in and engage with that. Uh, our worship next Sunday will continue online uh, with our Sunday school from 10 a.m. and our morning worship at 11.30 a.m. And just to remind you that during the week we have our midweek online on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. and then the Zoom prayer meeting. And this week at our Zoom prayer meeting we'll have Mr. Phil Dunn uh, from ECM and a Polish missionary. And that's at a quarter to nine on Zoom. Uh, and it'd be great if you could join and be part of the prayer life of our congregation and to hear about how God is at work in other parts of the world. Today, as we continue our study in the book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to be thinking about wisdom. And so in our call to worship this morning, we're going to turn to Proverbs, which is widely regarded as being a book of wisdom, as indeed the whole Bible is, and turn to chapter 3 and read verses 13 to 18. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Let's come before the God of all wisdom and praise as we turn to the words of our hymn, How Great Thou Art. Oh, 
to us, how great thou art. But this morning as we come to worship God, do we truly say to God, how great thou art? Do we acknowledge the wisdom of God? Or do we say, how great I am? How wise I am? Let us this morning acknowledge that God is indeed great, that he is wisdom. Let's come in an attitude of prayer. Let's pray. Father God, we bow before you, the creator. We bow before you, the God of wisdom. And Lord, those are big statements to make. And yet they are names that you have claimed for yourself. And Father, as we proclaim those titles to you, As we seek to adore you and to praise you, we acknowledge that that puts us in a much smaller place. And so, Father, we bow and we confess before you that there are times that we have thought that we were wise and we weren't. We confess there are times when we thought we were smarter than you and we weren't. Father God, we pray that you would help us to be humble, that you would help us to have a greater appreciation of who we are in your sight, that we are sinners coming before a thrice holy God. Father, as we gather to worship today, we pray that we may have a sense of awe and reverence. We may have a sense of your presence as you meet with us in our homes. Lord God, we pray today that you would teach us, that you would teach us more about who you are and that our understanding and our godly wisdom would grow. Father, we bow before you and we pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that the Holy Spirit would convey to us 
the words and the teaching and the wisdom and the meaning that you have in this book of Ecclesiastes for us this day. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we come uh, to the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, one of our elders, Robin McConnell, is going to read to us. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 12 to 18. Wisdom is meaningless. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I devoted myself to, to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. What a heavy burden God has laid on men. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is twisted cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I thought to myself, look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has, has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learnt that this, too, is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Amen. We thank Robin for bringing us those verses and we ask for God uh, to add his blessing to them. Uh, during the month of January, we have heard a lot of discussion and a lot of debate uh, in this country about education, about schools opening and closing, about AQE, about transfer tests, uh, about whether exams, GCSEs, etc. will take place. What will happen with the education of our young people? And certainly that is something that is very much in the thoughts of many people. And so we see here that these verses are relevant to us today in the year of 2021. And yet, as pupils, students, parents, we have a balance to strike. We have to pursue education. We have to pursue wisdom. And yet, no, we have to appreciate that worldly wisdom and education without God in our lives is meaningless. And we look more at that as we study God's word. We want to take uh, the opportunity uh, to share uh, some time uh, with the boys and girls this morning as we think uh, about this word wisdom. Uh, and for big people as well as for young people, Wisdom can be quite a scary word. And I thought, well, how are we going to try and discuss, explain, and talk about wisdom with the boys and girls this morning? And I thought, well, we'll start off again as we've been doing, and we'll think about a pet. You remember, boys and girls, a couple of weeks ago, I brought in the goldfish bowl, and it was empty, because we used to have a pet goldfish, but it died on us. We just struggled to keep them alive. And I know that some of you can do a much better job than I at looking after pets. And as you think about your pet, you know that we talk about pets in different ways. We talk about animals in different ways. Whenever we think about a fox, we think of a fox as being sly. So we can say, as sly as a fox. And somewhere along the line, People have given that title to the fox. 
Then if someone is stubborn, they don't do what they're told. They can be called stubborn as a mule. And then the bird that we want to think about today is the owl. And somewhere along the way, the owl has become known to be wise. We, we talk about as wise as an owl. And so I thought, yes, well, well the owl will be a good example to use with the boys and girls as an example about wisdom. And how did the owl come to be known for its wisdom? So I came across a poem about a wise old owl. And it goes like this. A wise old owl lived in an oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we all be like the wise old bird? Now, whether the owl is wiser than any other bird, maybe it's because it sits up in the tree or sits up in the oak and it looks around at everything that's going on. It, it, doesn't, it seems to be thinking and listening rather than doing things. And so, where do we learn about wisdom? What lessons can we learn from the owl? Well, firstly, we realize that the Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. In the Bible, we learn that God gives wisdom. We read in our call to worship from the book of Proverbs. And the Proverbs are a book of instruction and teaching. They're wise sayings. If we listen and obey them, we will gain wisdom. And Proverbs Later on in chapter 19, verse 20, says that if we ask God for wisdom, that he will give it to us. And indeed, James, in his letter in chapter 1, says that if we ask God, he will give us wisdom. So we can obtain wisdom from God. So how, how do we ask? Well, we ask God to give it to us. We are reading and learning from the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes was written by the wisest man who ever lived, a man called King Solomon. And God told Solomon one day that when he was becoming king, he could ask God for anything. And what do you think Solomon asked for? Yes, God, Solomon asked God to give him wisdom to govern the people, to lead the nation. And God gave him that wisdom, and he was a great leader. We too are to seek God's wisdom. We're to ask for God's wisdom, and we're to seek God's kingdom first. You're still quite young, and you trust, and we pray and hope that you have a long life in front of you. But you may look at the people at home with you and your family and you may say, they're a lot older than me, and so they're a lot wiser. Well, just because we're older, just because I'm older, doesn't necessarily make me any wiser than those who are younger. The Bible encourages us to gain a heart of wisdom. And how do we gain 
a heart of wisdom, no matter what age we are. Well, we gain a heart of wisdom by praying to God and by reading God's word. And that's where we find godly wisdom and meaningful wisdom. And whenever we have got that wisdom, whenever God gives us that wisdom day by day and week by week, then we use a wonderful thing called love to put it into practice. We're supposed to do everything with love. And when we do it with love, we see how that then affects other people, how it does them good. And as we use wisdom with love, our faith grows stronger day by day. So as you grow up taller, you also grow up in wisdom and whenever you have a decision to make then you can pray to God you can read the Bible and you will know what God has taught you and that will guide and direct you in the decisions that you have to make so I trust boys and girls that you will indeed pray to God that you will read God's word and most of all that you will gain wisdom by following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so that what you learn at school or college and university, then alongside that, God comes and adds true meaning, true wisdom, and you will be truly wise. So, if you ever stop and have a look at an owl, or if you've got an owl as a pet, think of it as being a wise owl, and how we should desire to be wise. We're going to turn to God, and we're going to pray, and we're going to come with thanksgiving, and we're also going to pray for others, and indeed we're going to be praying for wisdom. So let's come and pray. Lord God, we thank you for the wisdom that you have granted to us. We thank you, Lord, for what we learn day by day and week by week as we pray and study in our own homes and on our own. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that we gain as we pray and read and study your word through our Sunday services and through our youth worship. Lord God, we want to come and thank you for all of our online ministries and for the wisdom that is shared and gained through them. Lord, as we move from our church, uh, we want to remember our denomination. We want to give you thanks for Union Theological College. We want to thank you, Lord God, for the professors and the lecturers and the students. And we pray, Lord, that each of them may have knowledge and wisdom that they themselves as individuals may grow in their wisdom of you. And Lord, that they may be able to share that wisdom amongst themselves. And then Lord, as our students go out into congregations, that they may be able to teach and to preach and to share about the true and meaningful wisdom of Almighty God. We pray, Lord God, for our parents and for our young families we pray that they would have wisdom from you to bring up the children that you have given to them, to help them and teach them 
so that your will would be done. We pray, Lord God, uh, that boys and girls may be taught to honour and obey their mother and their father. And Lord, that there may be love in each of our homes. We pray, Lord God, for those who have placed their faith in you, that you would bless them, that you would help them to grow in true wisdom. And Lord, we pray for those who have put their faith in something or someone other than you. We pray that you would help them to find true wisdom and meaning in life. Lord God, as we gather today and appreciate the blessings and the goodness that you have given to us as individuals and families and as a congregation. Lord, we want to remember those who mourn. We give you thanks, Lord, for the life and for the witness of the Reverend Adrian Adger. Lord, we pray for his wife, Karen, on his death. We pray, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would draw near to Karen, that you would give her comfort and strength at this time. And Lord, we pray for your blessing to be upon her. Lord, we pray that you would guide her and give her wisdom in the days and weeks that lie ahead. Lord God, we pray these things in Jesus' name, asking that we may remember how great thou art. Amen. Folks, this morning as we come uh, to God's Word, we're coming back uh, into Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at this section, uh, verses 12 to 18, under the heading, Wisdom is Meaningless or Wisdom is Empty. We move from the general conclusion of Solomon in the opening verses that everything is meaningless or empty, and everything goes round in circles, and we go forward to examine this great subject of wisdom. Solomon wants to explore. He wants to explore if wisdom will satisfy the inner longing of human beings. And as an introduction, we're reminded by Solomon, the author, that he is the teacher we see there in verse 12, I, the teacher or the preacher, was the king over Israel. He lived in Jerusalem. And he, he was saying here to his audience, basically, give me some credit. Look, I have grown, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. Solomon is saying, well, as your king, I have had the time. As your king, I've had the means at my disposal. I've had the money to explore all these different things more than most people. In the Bible, when it's teaching about wisdom, it often goes hand in hand with Solomon. Solomon asked God for wisdom back in Second Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 10. As we said with the boys and girls and in our call to worship, much of the book of Proverbs with its wise sayings is attributed to Solomon. In Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10, we're told, 
The fear of the Lord is called the beginning of wisdom. We want our people to grasp that. That true wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Having our faith in Jesus Christ. And then in Proverbs 8, and that section 22 to 31, wisdom is personified. It's described as being present with God before creation began. And even as taking part in creation itself. In this book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon wants us to see the world as it truly is. He doesn't want us to see it through tinted glasses. He wants us to have a clear vision of the world that we're in so that we might avoid the temptation to make creation or to make created things our ultimate treasure or indeed a God to worship. Jesus, when he was on earth and his ministry took the same attitude when he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And the wise person this morning might well say, well, how do you lay up treasures in heaven? And so the answer from Scripture echoes back to us. Fear God and keep his commandments. God teaches us about wisdom. We need to be willing to pursue it and to search it and to go after it. Back in 400 AD in Athens there lived a man called Socrates. He became famous as a philosopher. And Socrates said on one occasion at least, I cannot teach anyone anything. I can only make them think. Socrates was a very educated, a very knowledgeable and a very wise man. He came to understand his limitations that he couldn't teach anyone anything. I can only make them think. And today... Can I teach you anything? If I can't, I trust that by the power of the Holy Spirit that I'll be able to get you to think about where true meaning for your life can be found. You have often heard the saying, I'm, I'm not overly comfortable with it, but it fits in with what we're saying this morning. You've heard the saying, everything in moderation. And we could say that the same is true of that great subject, education. Currently in the month of January, there's been more tension, more hype, more pressure than usual. More drama around the transfer test. And often in the past when it comes to preparing for the test and doing the test and getting results, it's often the parents who become more worked up, more frenzied than the children themselves about how they will do and which school they will be able to get into. And so these verses, they are relevant. They speak to us today because we have many people and many families and many young people who are very focused on education 
And increasingly, there are those in our church and there are those in our community who think that if they can get their child well-educated, if they can get them into the right grammar school, into the right university, then they have made it that that child then has true meaning and purpose in life. Well, if there's one thing or one week that, in my mind, greatly undermines that, it was a week last year in the Holy Lands. It was the pictures and it was the reports coming on our TV channels from the Holy Lands in Belfast at the start of lockdown last year. And there we had A-grade students from very reputable grammar schools and others. They were attending street and house parties. They were getting drunk and they were breaking the law. The future scholars, the future experts of this land It wasn't really the brightest moment for education. It wasn't really the greatest example, the greatest advertisement for what education can achieve. Don't get me wrong. Education to me as a father, as a minister, as a governor on the board of governors is important. And our desire should be that every child has the opportunity to flourish according to their God-given potential. Indeed, if we go back to the Reformation, Martin Luther argued that education should be compulsory for everyone. He argued that we are all made in the image of God, that we're equal in His sight, and that everyone should have the opportunity to study and to learn and to have an education. His main reason, education was necessary so that Christians could read and understand the scriptures for themselves. Now, don't misunderstand me. Luther, or don't misunderstand Luther. Faith and salvation are not just for the brainy bunch. God will bring to faith those he has chosen, irrespective of their level of education, whether they are in a special needs school or at a top flight university and anywhere in between. Martin Luther wanted to make make the point that it is through education that we discover our gifts and our calling and our individual vocation in this life. And this is perhaps the greatest purpose of education to enable young people to discover their God-given talents and interests and to use those in helping to find their place in this world. Childhood education should be designed to develop knowledge of the individual's gift, calling and vocation in life. And yet this knowledge should not be detached from an education in values, from an understanding of God and of the need of Christ for our salvation. And no matter what one's vocation in life, that vocation, whether it be the bread man, the baker, the butcher, the candlestick maker, it should be used to serve God and to serve the community, not just the person in the pulpit. But remember, we're talking here about education. 
what we must grasp is that education is not wisdom. In our age of technology, and as we were looking last week at new toys and gadgets and the things that distract us, it's hard for us to gain wisdom. It's a challenge with tablets, with phones, and apps constantly competing for our attention. It's increasingly difficult in life to make space and to find time for making meaningful connections or engaging in deep conversations necessary for the pursuit of wisdom. We have become very superficial. We have become very much on the surface. We ask a question and we expect the answer to come in one sentence. We expect it to be given in a tweet. And so often in life, things can't be answered as quickly and as easily as that. And so it's important for us to remember in the context of wisdom that wisdom requires education. But education does not necessarily make people wise. What, what does it take to be wise? People will often, as we've said, equate wisdom with intelligence. But being intelligent and being wise are two different things. As we look around us, the world has its fair share of intellectuals. Intellectuals who on so, some occasions and at some times lack common sense and wisdom. Wisdom implies more than merely being able to process information in a logical way. Knowledge becomes wisdom when we assimilate and apply this knowledge to make the right decisions. It's a process. And as the saying goes, knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens. It's back to the wise old owl sitting there in the oak tree, listening more than it speaks. And the longer it lives, the less it speaks, and the more it listens. Wise people are humble people. Their humility deriving from a willingness to recognize their limitations, the limitations of their knowledge. They, ex they accept that there are things that they will never be able to answer. There are things that they will never know. And so by accepting their ignorance in these matters, they are better prepared to bear their own fallibility. Indeed, we could say that a wise person is more inclined to see the big picture they're more inclined to rise to see a broader perspective of each situation and of life. Many of you will know of and have no doubt watched Sir David Attenborough. He has been described as a naturalist, a broadcaster, and now in his latter life as a national treasure. What you may or may not know is that Sir David Attenborough is a humanist who, despite his God-given intellect and understanding of the animal world, he fails to see that the universe has been created by God. And like him, there are many other well-known familiar faces and intellectuals who don't see God in creation because of their understanding and great awareness of our planet and our world. They're intellectual. That doesn't mean that in God's eyes they are truly wise. 
It doesn't mean that they have discovered the true meaning of life. In fact, there are times that they may well be part of promoting a meaning to life that is outside of God. Way back in the 1700s, it was a Presbyterian minister called Robert Trails who said, Wisdom out of Christ is damning folly. Wisdom out of Christ is damning folly. We only have true wisdom when we know Christ. Wisdom, well, it's more important than success and riches because wisdom helps us to live well. Our mental and physical health flourishes when we are in tune with our beliefs and our values. That's something I think it's increasingly something that we need to be mindful of, that we need to have our lives aligned, that our mental and our physical health flourishes when we are in tune with our beliefs and values. Wise people are attuned to what constitutes a meaningful life. And that for them implies behaving consistently with their values. And that, that life is a journey that requires self-exploration, self-knowledge and self-responsibility. There is a great peace and contentment and wisdom when the lives we live are fully aligned, when our thoughts, words and actions are aligned with our physical and mental. A common answer from English-speaking philosophers is that wisdom is a matter of knowing what is fundamental and then living well in that. A philosopher, Robert Nozak, suggests that wisdom is an understanding of what is important and where this understanding informs a person's thought and action. And surely that in turn then should seep through into our personal lives, our faith, our Christian faith. If we say that we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Saviour, but if our life, our actions do not reflect then, reflect that, then are we truly born again? All the time in life as we're looking at here, true wisdom identifies that there's a link between our thoughts, our words, and our actions. So in closing, let's just sharpen our focus on the word wisdom. Because as a matter of fact, the word wisdom is mentioned in the Bible around 220 times. It was regarded in Bible times as one of the highest virtues amongst the Israelites, along with kindness and justice. Both the book of Proverbs and Psalms urge the readers to obtain and to increase in wisdom and in the wisdom of Almighty God, to be able to truly sing how great thou art. And rather, rather than being the be-all and the end-all, human wisdom has its limitations. So many have the view that 
The knowledge of the accomplished student seems boundless. Once the person graduates from university, the world's are oyster. They've got the brains, they've got their degree, they can do anything. But the wise person knows better than that. The wisest person is aware that there are problems they cannot solve. There are errors they cannot correct. And there are evils that they cannot remedy. On every side, the wise person is reminded how limited their wisdom is. They will always have questions. There will be times when they continue to be baffled because no one, no one can hold the wisdom of God. As we said with the boys and girls, age doesn't make us any wiser. But one thing I truly believe does help to make us wiser is the ability to learn wisdom in a community. The ability to grow older, the ability to share life, and the ability to learn wisdom in a community. That community being the gift from God of church. And a learning community is a great place to practice open-mindedness, encouraging us as members of the congregation to step out to share what's in their hearts and minds and to be able to live and to deal with people who are different from ourselves. The community of the church is a great exercise in love, in humility, in giving us a greater understanding of our individual and personal limitations. It's also a great place to be able to integrate our knowledge and our experiences in life and the scriptures and the teaching of God. And it's a great place to find true godly wisdom. And yet, when it comes to church, many of us act so foolishly. We have not grasped the wisdom of God when it comes to appreciating the gift of the church, when it comes to being part of a faith community. To say I belong to a church and never attend it, just to expect to be married and buried in it, it's foolishness. To say I belong to a church and dabble in and out whenever it suits me is foolishness. Wisdom is being committed to the church, to the people, and growing on our faith as we live together. All of the time, through the good and the bad, not just whenever it suits us. In a world that doesn't put Christ at the center, in a world where people do not have a saving faith, then people as Solomon has identified, people are going to look to other things or other people to find fulfillment and purpose. And Solomon says, people are going to look at wisdom. They're going to look at education and they're going to put their trust and their faith in it for meaning in life instead of in God. And how sad today that in this generation 
our people put their trust and their faith in education and in wisdom without God. One day, folks, whether it be in life or in death, we will realize that true wisdom is found in knowing God. Human wisdom, Solomon tells us, will never satisfy, but God's wisdom will. And so the true, or the beginning of true and meaningful wisdom is the fear of God. The fear of God, as explained by the book of Ecclesiastes, is putting our trust in him as Lord and Saviour. So I trust today that our people may be wise. I trust today that our people will grow in wisdom. So let's praise our God that we declare, had declared earlier, is so great. Let us now praise him with the words of the hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.